Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here are your guides on this journey. David Begin of Begin Insights and Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello, Car Wash Nation. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Car Wash, the podcast, the podcast that makes you a great car washer and even a better overall human being. With me today is my co-host, Matt, Mad Dog DeWolf. There it is. There it Matt, is. Mad Dog is coming back. I'm doing well. So Brian, just so you know, we're trying out call signs for Matt, you know, because Matt needs a nickname. I mean, he just, you know, he's one of those guys, you just see him, he needs a nickname. So Mad Dog is actually my call sign. I just was just trying it out on you, but you, you can't so have it, but own. I just, I want to oh. see, I want to see how it feels. To you. All right. Well, maybe, maybe for next time I'll figure out, I'll figure out something I want to try out. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, you Mad know, Dog's pretty, pretty dope though. But I, I like Mad Dog. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's really, it's literally been mine for the last 20 years. And if I was a fighter pilot, that would be my call. As long as I could make my own call sign, which yeah. well, the problem is when you're a fighter pilot, right? It, you don't get to choose. You get, you get it chosen for you. You get, you get dubbed sir, whatever it is, right? That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> and it's usually something you're not happy about. But, but it's what Like you princess. Get, yeah, right? that's right. It's what you get stuck with. So <laughs> our guest today is Brian Cruz, who's the managing partner, owner, and Chief Poobah of Sergeant's Cleans Car Wash in Northeast Ohio. We've had Brian on the podcast earlier. I can't remember our episode, Brian, but we had you on earlier talking about a, a specific topic, but you and Matt were riffing on the Thursday morning show, and I thought it'd be great to visit with you again. I know that you're a big proponent on culture, which is right up my alley, and I wanted to talk to you about it, but thanks for joining us today on this podcast. Yeah, happy to be on here, David and Matt. Thanks for thinking of me, guys. And yeah, I'm excited. You know, as I told Matt, I'm big on reciprocity, so I look forward to helping. Yeah, great, great. Well, we appreciate that. And you've been a big help in, with the podcast and with the industry. But why don't you give our listeners who aren't familiar with Sergeant Clean's Car Wash, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, Sergeant Clean's Car Wash started back in March of 2013 here in the Cleveland area. So we've grown in the seven years of existence to six uh, express exterior locations. All of our acquisitions have been pre-existing locations that we've taken over. The majority of those, five out of the six, have been distressed locations. We've come in, put a fresh coat of paint, brand new equipment in, and fixed those up. And things are good. We're looking to continue to grow in this year and the next. That's good. So you you sort of went the hard route and not built new. You sort of took existing washes, which, you know, there's probably good reasons to do that and reasons maybe you wish you wouldn't had to, you know, did it. Now, obviously, you can get things done quicker. You've got some existing customer base that you can work with. What are some disadvantages you find of taking existing locations? You get what you get. You know, you can't really, you, you can't really m manipulate or want to put something fancy, you know, facade on the front or change it. You can do an extent, but David, you know, when we first started, that was a traditional full service. And it looked like an old farmhouse, kind of like a barn. And we got what we got. We couldn't really fabricate a lot of this. We didn't have any money. So that's kind of the maybe the hard part. And we plus we take over the bad reputation from these distressed locations. So that first year, two years, we really got to put our customer service hat on. We really got to make great first impressions and go above and beyond. So we're starting to change the perception in the community. 
So that's difficult versus putting brand new. People see the expectation of that new location coming up and can see the build process and anticipate the grand opening. And there's no reputation whatsoever except it's new. Brian, hey, we were talking about call signs to kick this show off. I feel like your call sign needs to be like the fixer. You know, Brian, the fixer cruise, because you, <laughs> you, do, you do some interesting things when you come into these washes. And even like your first wash, it was no walk in the park. Where do you get energy when it comes to like, reworking these site layouts and reconfiguring and doing all the work that you actually have to put in to, to make an acquisition like that work? It really falls back to the team. You know, when we first did our first location, it's taking a step back, looking at just the idea of what can this be? And then creating that vision and then casting it out to the team and then having the team get involved with you and get that buy-in, get their engagement and have them be part of the process. Hey, what would you paint this wall? Or, hey, where would you put the equipment? Get their buy-in for a lot of this process. And that's just really been monumental to us. And, you know, I appreciate the call sign, the fixer. I think it's just being positive, right? You know, showing that the community and the team that's there, we keep the majority of the team members that are at these locations. When we take over, we want their buy-in to be part of the process. Something new's coming. We're going to kind of revitalize these locations. And it's been good so far. As you know, Matt, the first location had 176 lanes. So, David, <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Yeah. It was tough, but I'm glad that we encountered all the craziness, all the fixer situations up front, because it allowed us to never come across something we haven't already seen on all these locations, whether it's a people side of thing or a city or zoning or whatever the case may be, we've been through a lot of adversity and I think it's made us stronger as a company. Gives you the opportunity kind of to think out of the box, right? Even like the most recent location that we featured on the show, you completely flipped the script on that thing, right? And then, you, you know, you took the oil lube bays that you had and you turned those into your payment gateways and like just being able to look at a piece of property and think creatively about how to make the most out of that use. I, I love that. I love it. Yeah, you know, it was funny. And one of our, we had a meeting this morning and one of the collective, it's kind of on EOS and traction. And I think we're going to start and implement that at our company. But it asked about one of the main things that stand out about your company. And one of our team members said, we don't fear change. We ultimately do not fear change where we embrace it. We want to run towards it, you know, like a buffalo, right? A buffalo's run towards the storm because they know at the end of it, as soon as you get through it, it's going to be nice and sunny. It's going to be good weather. So we're kind of those buffaloes. You know, we want to run towards adversity and run towards the storm to come out the other end kind of smell like roses. That's awesome. That's good. You know, Matt, it's like those TV shows where people look at houses and they can transform this house into something that you can't even imagine. I think it's a special gift, Brian, that, that maybe you have to get a vision of what could be and then you get your team excited about it, especially if they were there before and they get to be part of that transformation. So how did you decide to get in the car wash business? We might've talked about this last time, but I'm always interested in people's journey into the car wash industry. Yeah. You know, it's all my fault. Um, <laughs> yeah. 176 leans. How in the world did you, <laughs> what yeah, did you well, do there? <laughs> and I'll try to make the story as tight as possible. Cause I'm a talker. We can go on. I could tell a story in an hour. We can do like part one and part two, if you want. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm good with go. that. <laughs> well, we were in the beverage store pace. My business partner and I were in the beverage stores. And I'm a firm believer in knowledge is power. So we'd go to all these conventions and ask conventions and bumped into a guy who had car washes and sea stores. He said, there's a show in Atlantic City. He was from the Connecticut, Vermont area and said, you guys should go and got us tickets. And we went in there clueless about the industry and met some really good key people in the industry, people from the ICA, people from DRB systems, a lot of really nice owner operators that I didn't know were these 
special people and, you know, kind of these superstars in the industry that spent time with me, giving me the time of day. And David, I just fell in love with the industry. I'm big on people, people person. And for people to take someone from Cleveland, Ohio, outside of their element, no clue about car washing, just to educate and tell me about these things. It was very appealing. And one of the distributors was born and raised in Strongsville, Ohio, and said, I got just the car wash for you. My parents still live in town. Let me show you. I'm going to help because I'll put the equipment and help you get started, get your feet wet in the industry. And we'll kind of negotiate it. And we went in there and the building itself was painted rose, like a pink color with like an aqua trim. Ooh. It looked like it should be placed in Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> so it was completely distressed. I mean, dogs were running rampant and wild at the location. <laughs> to say in poor condition was favorable. Yeah. It, was, it was really bad. And I, and I hate to speak ill of the, the previous owner. They just kind of let it go. And then the motivation just continually lacked and lacked and lacked. So it was a great opportunity for her to get released of all those liens and burdens and just kind of get a fresh start on life. And then for us to, to get into this business and we just fell in love with it, David. It's, it's been great ever since. That's great. No, I, I love hearing that story and I love hearing people that are thirsty for knowledge. I mean, obviously Matt and I, we make a lot of money doing this podcast, but, <laughs> um, but we, we, you know, we, we, we do it cause we like to learn. We like to hear people talk about their businesses and, you know, we talk to people outside the industry. So it's, it's super cool for us to get involved with that. So what surprised you about the car wash business? What wish you would have known before you got in it? And I, in general, like that first couple of years was just how not simple it is. Because people think, right, you turn the lights on at eight, you throw some soap and water on the car, they pop out the other end, you flick the lights off at eight or nine o'clock at night and go home. And I think that the main thing of going through these from one to six locations is it's exponentially harder. When we were at two or three locations, it was okay, we were doing good. But once we went to six, it was like 36 times harder to run a chain of six locations. Yeah. And have all the ambition in the world, 20 and 10 and 30 locations. You know, we took a step back about a year and a half ago and said, we're going to build our team and we're going to control our culture and put measures and processes and procedures in place to do that. But I would say that was the hardest part is just, that rapid growth and controlling all that and doing it properly. Brian, you know, you, you said already, you know, that you're a people person, right? And every successful operator I've ever talked to, the one underlying thing that kind of brings those all together is that they all have a fundamental focus on taking care of people, getting the right people, recruiting the right people. I know that you're, you're big on it and you guys have some interesting approaches in terms of how you, <laughs> how you get people to work for you. Can you just explain that? for everybody about how you like to tell people to not work for you? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I And even to maybe back up a little bit, my history was I was a recruiter in the Marines for three years. So I'll call that a tough sell, but <laughs> I was good at it. You know, people in their early 20s and, you know, won awards and accolades and stuff like that. But it was really about not those awards and those accolades. It was about changing people's lives. And that's when I was young in my 20s going, wow, this is impactful. I want them to get the same impact and their same life stories and changes that I got out of the Marine Corps and the same experience to really help these people grow, to allow them to have four years of really good, strong foundation to figure out what they want to do. So from there, I got out of the Marines and was an executive recruiter for commercial banking. And then I've been recruiting for seven years here at Sergeant Cleans. And the one thing was, is I just don't want warm bodies. I want really good qualified people. Matt, from our last discussion, I just, I talked people out of working for us. And 
it seems weird. And I even tell the people on the phone if they pause or go, okay, and go, yeah, it seems a little cliche, right? Or, you know, it seems generic, but it's true. I just don't need a person. I need the person to come work for us. And our mentality is we'll do more with less until we find the right person. And it's funny because you'll hear some of the, like our general manager of our green location, we're looking for a team member. And she's like, I'm sorry, I don't like that one. And I'm sorry, I don't like this one. And we're going back. I'm like, you could be sorry 20 times. I'm perfectly okay with that. I want the 21st one to go, bingo, we got it. Versus hiring someone in, wasting all this time, money, energy, and they're going to flake. That's great. I love that attitude. So what do you tell people? How do you talk? I'm just curious. How do you talk them out of what I do, I mean, there's a couple of different ways. I get them on the phone. And the main thing is, is I, I want to try to build rapport as quick as possible. But I don't want them talking about anything about the job or anything. Just talk in general for two part. One, I just want them to get comfortable like they're talking to me. I'm a buddy. So, hey, you know, tell me about yourself. Maybe, hey, what's the top three characteristics that someone would describe you? Building rapport. Because I want them to think outside of job and slip. I want them to say, well, I'm kind of boring or, hey, I'm kind of lazy. Something that's going to slip and tell me because they're going to start talking. And I want to just pick up on how they would talk their habits, their characteristics. And then maybe how would someone other than a friend or family member describe you? Maybe like a teacher of some authority, maybe a college professor, a former manager. How would they describe you? So they're starting to think that plan and then go, well, hey, listen, part of my job is to talk you out of working here. And it's really talking you out so we get a clear, defined expectation of what you're going to do. And then I just lay it on and I go, hey, let me tell you about the job. First, why the heck car washing? And I say it, David, as if it's the most disgusting thing in the world to work at is a nasty car wash. And I listen to what they say. And if they've got anything intangible to tell me, like I love people, I love working outside, I love cars, I detail myself, fill in the blank, fill in the blank, then we proceed. If they say anything like, well, I want a job or, you know, well, I was clicking on a bunch of resumes and I just said, eh, car wash, why not? It seems easy. I go, oh, okay, sounds good. Were you looking for full-time or part-time? And whatever they say, we're ironically looking for the opposite of what they're looking for. <laughs> go, well, hey, That's you know what? That's a good what? one. That's a good one. You know, we'll reach out to you. But a lot of that is just setting expectations. You know, I'm telling them we're going to be outside in 180 degrees in the shade. 10 degrees below zero in the winter. You're going to be on your feet. We work a 10-hour day. Can you do that? Are you going to be happy doing that? And I just really press real hard on those and the schedule and the nature of the business and cleaning the pit and cleaning toilets and, you know, having people maybe yell at you, having people, you know, fill in the blank and just really say, hey, here's the deal. And we'll go through and I've got other questions and stuff that I ask. But the main thing is, is I want them really thinking and if they get the end of the interview is going, okay, I'm never calling this dude again. Or, yeah, you know what? I can do it. He's a genuine man. He's been being candid with me. And, yeah, I think I can come to work. And when they show up, they already know all the bad. You know, just like car washing. you got to think of all the negative and the bad that's going to come from any location or any situation. Overcome all those because all the good's going to come with it. You're going to grow and make more money and revenue and hire good people and so on and so forth. So we just focus on all the negative up front. Hey, this is David Begin. We're going to go ahead and end this episode with myself, Matt DeWolf, and Brian Cruz. And we'll go ahead and continue a part two installment next week. So I want to say thank you for listening to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. Hey, we're very interested in getting this podcast in more hands of people that we know in the industry. So tell your friends and associates about this podcast if you can. 
You can get Car Wash the Podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Or you can simply go to carwashthepodcast.com and you can listen to this and all previous episodes that have been recorded. So for Matt DeWolf and myself, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time and keep washing those cars. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free, on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.